Well, good morning, Warehouse Church. Good morning to those of you that are watching online as well. We're so glad that you have joined us today on this second Sunday of 2023. Hey, let me ask you a quick question. Anyone want to see a victory in this new year? Yeah, good. I got a better response at this service. I got like two people at the last service. So uh, I'm so excited. I want to see some victories in my life. I hope you want to see some victories in your life over the coming year. And that's why we're in this series that we're in right now called Resolutions Changing the Way We Change. And uh, we began this series last week uh, by taking a look at Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. And, uh, and we're going to read it together again this morning. But before we do, I just want to remind you about 30 days of prayer and fasting. So not only did we begin a new series for the new year last, year, last week, but we also began this 30 days, spending 30 days in prayer and fasting. And the whole reason that we're doing this 30 days of praying and fasting is because we want to get uh, uh, on God's plan, right? Like we want to get and be where God wants us to be. We want to we want to be accomplishing the things that God wants us to accomplish in the new year. And so what better way to do that than to kind of rearrange our lives and to get in this habit of spending every morning in, in prayer, spending every day fasting, spending time uh, reading God's word together and not just reading it, but saying, hey God, what are, you, what are you showing me? What are you teaching me as I read your word? And not only that, but doing some things Doing some things like this week, we did a uh, we did we paid homage to some people who have had influence in our lives. We did some shout outs. Uh, we did a prayer walk. We did a lot of different things this week just to kind of help us to draw closer to God. Because the Bible tells us if we draw near to God, He draws near to us. And so that's the whole purpose behind this. So let me just share with you: if you haven't done the thirty days, if you didn't start last week on thirty days of prayer and fasting, just go ahead and start tomorrow. Every Sunday, you get a break a breakfast. You get a break from our fast. And, uh, and so, so starting tomorrow, just pick right up. Pick up on day seven. Just jump in and jump in where we're at. Like, don't feel bad that you missed the first few days. Just jump into where we are and, and finish it out with us. And so there's all kinds of things in here about what fasting means. What does that look like? What should you fast? And what are you praying about? Uh, so I hope that you'll join us and uh, do that. And there's also a web page or a Facebook group page on 30 Days of Praying and Fasting. And, and people are sharing their stories. A few of you have shared what you're doing and what you're learning. And I'd encourage you to look at that. You can find out where that is also in the book. And uh, if you did, don't have a book, you can grab one. We've got a few outside on the counter as you leave today. Or you can download the digital copy on our website at warehousechurch.life. Uh, and, uh, and you can go in the halfway down the middle of the homepage, and it's right there, and you can download it and have it for you. Uh, but like I said, we're, we're changing the way we change this year. And, uh, and so we're using Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, kind of as our foundational verse for the next five weeks. And, uh, and so today, what I would love for you to do is I want to challenge you to memorize this passage with me. At least memorize verses 6 and 7. And I think that these, these two verses are really important as we begin the new year. I think what Paul is saying to the church at Colossae is really important. And so I think it's also key for us for changing the way we change. And so I would just encourage you to write it out on a 3 by 5 card. Put it somewhere to remind you. Maybe post one on your, on your dashboard of your car. Post one on the refrigerator. Post one on your bathroom mirror. And just begin to put this scripture in your heart and memorize it. But this morning, we're going to read it together. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand up with me. So we're going to do some exercises this morning. You're going to stand up. Uh, the passage is going to be on the screen, and I'm going to invite you to read with me out loud as we read this scripture together. So let's go ahead and start reading. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, 
Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Hey, let's pray real quick. Father God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you that in your word there is so much goodness for us. God, I pray that this morning that you would uh, remove the scales from our eyes, you would unplug our ears, and you would soften our hearts today so that we can see, hear, and know exactly what it is that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, grab a seat. And, uh, you know, as we read the scripture, the first verse of it says, so then just as you received. Everybody say received. received. Because that's the word that we're going to focus in on today. Received. Because here's the deal. We're changing the way we change. And we are discovering that the world teaches us, what the world teaches us about change doesn't necessarily work because it doesn't get deep down inside us and it doesn't motivate our hearts and it doesn't change our hearts and it doesn't teach us to have an impact on eternity. And so we've been, uh, we're going to, each week we are looking at a truth a truth that teaches us about changing the way we change. And last week, uh, each one of these icons on the stage uh, reminds us of one of those truths. And last week, we discovered that walking with Jesus is not a project, but it's a process. And so we looked at this icon over here with the arrows moving in constant motion. And we said, listen, Living the Christian life, it's not a one-and-done project. It's not something that you can do on a Saturday in the garage. It's not just something that happens on one day and then you're done. But that living the Christian life is a lifelong process. That transformation happens every single day. And every day that we give our lives to Christ and every day that we live for Jesus, we become more like him. So it's not a project. It's a process. And today's truth, the one that I want to focus in on today, is simply this. It's not achieving, it's receiving. It's not achieving, but it's receiving. And in, in passage 8 of the scripture that we read from Colossians, Paul reminds us that if we want a real relationship with Jesus, if we want a genuine relationship with Jesus, we have to be careful we have to be careful not to be deceived by the, whole, by the, by the uh, philosophies of this world. And, and like most of the Bible, our passage in Colossians is counterintuitive to the way the world works. Like everything that Jesus did when he was on this earth was counterintuitive to the way that the world works. And Paul knew that. And that's why Paul says, listen, I want you to be weary. I want you to be wary. And I want you to be aware that the way that the world works is not the way that I work. And so Paul seems to be challenging us to rethink the way that we change. Because isn't it true that January is always the, the month of the year that we say, I'm going to change. New year, new me. I'm going to do things differently this year. Uh, I'm going to do lots of different things. I'm going to work out more. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be stressful less. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat better. I'm going to sleep, uh, get more sleep. I'm going to spend less time on social. And we, this is the, the time that we change. And I just want you to know that we need to rethink the way that we change because the world and the world systems and the world system were wired. And we are taught and we are trained to achieve first 
and receive second. Like that's how the world teaches us that you achieve first and then you receive the world, the reward. You don't get the medal because you entered the race. You don't get the medal uh, because they like your attitude. No, you get the gold medal because you won the race. You achieved and then you receive. That's what the world teaches us. And when, uh, in the world, when it comes to accomplishing things worthwhile, that you have to achieve before you receive. And you tell your kids this. You, say, you tell your kids, you say, hey, if you clean your room, then you can play video games. If you clean your room, then you can go out with your friends. If you clean your room, then you can have some time on the computer. First, achieve, clean your room, and then you can receive the reward. You see, the reward is meant to follow the achievement in order to motivate you to achieve something so that you will produce the result that the person giving the reward wants you to produce. Our world teaches us that we have to achieve first and receive second. Kirby Smart, who is the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, he didn't go to the NCAA at the beginning of the football season. And he didn't just say to them, hey, just go ahead and give us the national championship trophy now. We've got this in the bag. You can just go ahead, put our name on it, and just go ahead and give it to us. We'll put it in the clubhouse. We'll have it there uh, all year long. No. They had to achieve week in and week out, and then they had to get invited to the national championship game, and now they have to beat the number three TCU-horned frogs who nobody had on their radar to go to the national championship tomorrow night before they can receive the trophy. They had to achieve a win week in and week out before they can receive the winning trophy, and that's why what we believe as Christians is so crazy. Like that's why what we believe is so crazy because Colossians chapter two, verse six through seven proves it. Paul says, just as you received Christ Jesus, continue to live in him. And this flew in the face of everything that the first century Christians believed. That's not how the world works. And that's not how the world works today. Every other religion in the world and every other religion in the world then and every other religion in the world now tells us that you have to achieve first before you can receive. That you have to do so many good things before you can receive salvation or peace or hope or eternity. But Jesus, Jesus came along and he changed the rules, didn't he? Like Jesus became the exception to the rule. When you were saved, when you received salvation, when you said yes to Jesus, you came to Jesus helpless. You came to Christ bankrupt and broken and just as you were. You didn't get to God by achieving something. There was nothing that you could do to receive salvation. Unfortunately, that's how a lot of Christians look at Christianity. Like there are so many people that still believe, they've been going to church for years and they still believe that you have to achieve salvation. They still believe that there's something you have to do to earn salvation. But I want you to hear this this morning. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. There's nothing, hear me when I say that, there's nothing you can do to earn the salvation of Jesus Christ. 
Hear me when I say that. Because I've met a lot of people in churches that still don't believe that. But there is nothing that you can do to earn the salvation of Jesus Christ. Salvation is based on receiving, not achieving. You see, salvation is a gift. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about receiving rather than achieving. Because the world teaches us that we have to work hard first, and then we get the reward. But Jesus says, no, not so with me. There's an exception to the rule for, and it's called grace. It's called God's amazing grace. That because of grace and because of what Jesus did on the cross for us and because he raised from the dead, we don't have to achieve to receive. We just have to receive. And once we receive what God has for us, then and only then can we achieve or accomplish God's purposes and will for our lives. So it's a gift. And the Christian life, and I want you to hear this this morning, because I think this is so important to live in the Christian life, that the Christian life is more about receiving than it is about achieving. And let me give you some examples from the Bible. Like, I'm not making this up. I want you to hear some, some real live examples from the Bible. And the first one is from the Old Testament. It's from a guy named Joshua. And if you don't know the story, uh, you know Moses. Many people have heard of Moses and how Moses took God's people through the wilderness and, and they were going to the promised land. And, and Moses never made it to the promised land. And so Joshua takes over where Moses left off. And Joshua gets to lead God's people into the promised land. And God uh, has a conversation with Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And, and I want you to hear what he says. And here's what God says. He says to Joshua, he says, Joshua, keep this book of the law. Keep my word. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. He says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, everybody say then. Then, then you will be prosperous and successful. You see, what God is telling Joshua, he's saying, Joshua, I want you to first receive everything that I have for you. I want you to receive, and the way that you receive it is by being in my word and drawing near to me, by being close to me in the word. He goes, make sure you meditate on it day in and day out. Make sure that it's on your lips. Receive what I have for you. And then he says to Joshua, then once you receive, you will accomplish or achieve everything that I have for you then you will be prosperous and successful. And this is the receiving part. The receiving part is Joshua being in the word of God and being close and receiving all that God has for him. And, and he's saying to Joshua, he's saying, Joshua, listen, I want you to let my word get inside of you. I want you to receive my word. I want you to let it get inside of you. I want you to let it get in your mind. I want, to let, I want you to let it get in your heart. I want you to let my word get in your soul. He's like, Joshua, I want you to roll around in my word. I want you to bathe in my word. I want you to receive every piece of my word because every part of it is an important part. And then God says, then Joshua, then you will be prosperous 
and successful. Then you will be able to accomplish my will for your life. Then you will be able to achieve. He's like, Joshua, first you got to receive, and then you can achieve. You see, God had something that he wanted Joshua to do. God had a purpose for Joshua's life. Josh, God had something that he wanted Joshua to achieve. And basically what he wanted Joshua to achieve was to lead the most successful military campaign in all of God, the history of God's people. Like he told Joshua, if you'll receive all that I have for you, every step you take in the promised land, you will win a victory. There will be a victory in every part if you will receive before you achieve. Why? Because God knows this about us. He knows that we can't achieve on our own. He knows that we can't accomplish his will without first receiving what he has for us. Let me give you another example from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Acts is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It speaks to my heart. Like some of y'all, some other books in the Bible speak to your heart. Acts speaks to my heart. Uh, as, a, as a church uh, planner, as a person that's passionate about reaching souls for Jesus, a person that is all about transformation, Acts speaks to my heart. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's giving them some wisdom. And here's what he says. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here's what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, first you receive and then you will achieve. First, you receive my Holy Spirit. He says, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and it did on Pentecost, keep reading in Acts chapter two, you'll read about Pentecost. The Holy Spirit shows up in a mighty and powerful way. And he says, when you receive, once you receive, then you will achieve. He says, then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Samaria to the ends of the world. And if you read Acts, if you keep reading through Acts, guess what happened? They received at Pentecost and then they accomplishes the will, they accomplish the will of God in Jerusalem first, and then in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Just as Jesus said. He said, if you will receive, then you will achieve. And if you know anything about the book of Acts, you know that the disciples changed history forever. It began with Peter and John and then, Ac and then Paul took, takes over and Barnabas and it changes the world. But it all began with them first receiving and then achieving. The Jesus movement spread throughout the known world because of what these guys accomplished through Jesus. But before they saw transformation happen in one life, and I want you to hear that, before one person's life was changed, they had to first receive the Holy Spirit. They received before they achieved. And church, I want to share with you this morning that we have to receive. We've got to receive God's grace before we can go into the world and make disciples. What did Jesus tell us? He said, our mission, every one of our missions, every one of us has the same mission. That's to go into the world and make disciples. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them the ways of Jesus. He says, but before one life can be changed, you must first receive what God has for you. If we're going to grow as a church, if we are going to learn, we have to learn to receive before we can ever achieve we got to reverse our thinking of what the world tells us because the world lives with the philosophy that you have to achieve before you can receive. And that's the only way that this thing works is if we learn to, to receive before we achieve. And that's why it's so important. It's so important that you meet with God every day in a quiet place, that you, posi you position yourself in such a way that you can receive something from God before you can accomplish his will for your life. It's starting out every day on the edge of your bed, arms open in a posture of receiving and saying, God, I don't know what you have for me today, but I want to receive all that you have for me today. I'm getting ready to open up your word. I'm getting ready to draw near to you. I'm getting ready to spend time with you. And I want to receive your Holy Spirit. And I want to receive what you have for me today so that I can accomplish your will, not my will, but your will for my life today so that I can achieve everything that you desire for me to achieve on this day. We've got to get in the habit of receiving first and then achieving second. And so many of us, so many of us are frustrated with our uh, ability to produce in our faith. Like we're like, I want to be faithful. I want to be a different person. And we get so frustrated in our career as a parent or as a spouse or as a friend because we're so busy trying to achieve that we've forgotten to receive. That we get so busy wanting to do something that we forget that it begins with spending time being still and receiving all that God has for us before we achieve. It's the same reason why you're, some of you are not good at giving some of the things that God is calling you to give. Because you haven't gotten good at receiving the things that God has for you. You're not good at giving forgiveness because you haven't gotten good at receiving God's forgiveness. You're not good at loving others because you haven't gotten good at receiving God's love for you. And herein lies the answer to so much of our spiritual frustration that if I will get out of performance mode of doing, doing, doing and shift into dependence mode, then supernatural things start flowing in and through our lives. But we're achievers. The world teaches us, no, you got to achieve first and then receive. And God's like, backwards. Not the way I planned it. Not the way I designed it. If you'll receive what I have for you first, then you can achieve all that I have for your life. We must receive before we can achieve so we need to spend time each day. I'm just going to be real with you. We need to spend time each day receiving from the Lord before we can be successful at anything or before we can accomplish what God has for us to accomplish. 
So let's just say it together. Say receive before we achieve. Let's just say that together. Receive before we achieve. We spend so much time spinning our wheels, trying to achieve and trying to accomplish and trying to succeed that we just end up getting frustrated because we never stopped to receive what God has for us. So we have to change the way we change. We have to change the way we change. Our responsibility as a believer is not to achieve something on our own, but to receive what God has for us first, because when we receive it, then God will achieve what he wants to accomplish in us. And guess what? He gets the glory for it. Listen, the world doesn't need more of what we have to offer. Hear me when I say that. The world doesn't need more of what we have to offer. The world needs more of what God has to offer. And it sounds so simple, but it's, a hard, it's so hard to live this way because it's counterintuitive to the, what the world teaches us. It's counterintuitive to what we experience at work. At work, we got to achieve our goals. We got to meet our goals to get that raise. It's all about achieving and then receiving. But we got to do the exact opposite. Here's what I want you to hear today. It's on the screen. It's this. Walking with Jesus is not about achieving his will so that you can receive his love. Walking with Jesus is about receiving his love so that you can achieve his will. You see, you got to rethink the way you live the Christian life. Let God empower you first before you go into the world to love people and change the world. Let God first give you what he wants so that you can go and do his will. Now, I spent the last couple weeks of 2022 really praying and asking God what needs to be our focus as a church for 2023. Like, I, I've, I've made the commitment. I'm like, God, I don't want to come up with a plan and then ask you to bless the plan. Like, that's backwards. And I've been praying, God, I want, I want to receive. I want what you want for Warehouse Church. I want to know what your will is for the church. Where do you want us to go in 2023? And, and so as I was praying over the couple weeks, five things kept coming into my prayer life. Five things kept getting written down. Five things, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and these five things would be on my mind. So I want to share with you, I feel like after much prayer that God is leading us as a church to these five things in 2023. And the first thing that I believe that God is calling us to do is God is calling us to pray big prayers. That God is calling us to be a church that puts prayer as a priority in their lives. Like, are you praying big prayers? Do you pray for your church? Do you pray for the lost people in your community? Are you praying for your pastor? Are you praying for the people that lead kids ministry? Are you praying for our students? Are you praying big prayers? Are you praying just little wimpy prayers like, oh, God, help them. Oh, God, bless them. Or are you praying big prayers like, God, would you change the life of a teenager through our leaders? Would you provide more leaders? Would you provide more people that could influence the lives of our children? Would you, Lord, would you do some great things? Would you reach the 90% and can you use, are we praying big prayers? Because I feel like God is leading us to be a church that prays big prayers. 
As I was reading Acts, I'm reading Acts uh, right now again for, I don't know, umpteenth time. And as I'm reading it, I was reminded that at the beginning of Acts, there was, there was Peter and John, and they were out there in the community, and they were sharing the gospel, and they were telling others about Jesus, and they were getting beat up for it all the time. Like the religious leaders were persecuting them and beating them down and, and arresting them and hauling them off to jail and whipping them and doing all of these things. And you know what the church was doing? The church was praying. And here's what they weren't praying. The church wasn't in their little circle. They didn't go, okay, guys, we need to get together and we need to pray for Peter and John. And they weren't praying, oh, God, you know what's happening to Peter and John. You know that they're getting beaten and you know that they're getting persecuted. You know that they're, they're, just, they're, they're getting hurt. Oh, God, would you watch over them? Would you protect them, Lord? Would you, just, would, you, would you help them? They need your help. Would you, Lord, please? That's not what they prayed. You know what they prayed? They said, Jesus, we're praying for more boldness. They said, Jesus, we're praying that we can be bolder than we were yesterday. Jesus, we're praying that we can reach more people. Jesus, we're praying that you would break them out of jail. Jesus, we're praying big, audacious, bold prayers. And I believe that God is calling us as a church to pray big prayers. Secondly, I believe that God is calling us to bold actions. Not only are we praying big prayers, but we're bold actions, that we would be known as a church that acts in bold ways, that we would be known as a church that truly loves differently. We don't just say we love differently, but we actually do love differently, right? Like we don't just say, oh, that's one of our core values. That's one of the things that we hold true. That's one of the things that we really love, but that we actually are known in our community as a church that loves differently because of our bold actions, just uh, at the end of the year, we had a family not connected to us in any way. We had a family that their house burned down. The only connection we had, Dale, Dale knew them, and Dale reached out and said, hey, there's this family. And I reached out to the family, we connected. We have no connection with them besides that. And their house burned down on Christmas Day, and they lost everything. They have three boys, lost everything on Christmas Day. And Dale's like, you think the church can do anything? And reached out to him, got to know him, and we helped him. We didn't know him. We had no connection to him, but I'm thinking to myself, hey, God's calling us to bold actions. This family is a family in need, and so we gave him $500 and said, here's something to get you started, and we'll continue to help you in any way we possibly can. And they're like, why are you doing this? You don't know us. I said, because that's who we are. That's who we want to be known as as a church that loves differently. So I believe that, that, um, that we are, God is calling us to bold actions, that, that we would love our community in bold ways, and that can only be accomplished through God's help. The third thing that I believe God is calling us to is he's calling us to break some barriers. I want to see a victory. Some of you, you sang that song and you're like, oh yeah. Like I want to see some victories in my life. I want to see some spiritual breakthroughs in my life. And I feel like God is calling us as a church as individuals and as a church to break some barriers, to bust through some barriers in your own personal lives, to, uh, to, uh, uh, that this would be the year that you would break that bad habit or you break that addiction. This would be the year that you would see some victories in your spiritual life. This would be a year that you would see some things that you've never seen happen in your life before. And that as a church, that this would be a year that we would break like the 200 barrier. That this would be a year that we would break the barrier of reaching the 90% and we would see 20 or 30 or 40% more people coming here because we decided that we're going to be a church that prays better 
big. We're going to be a church that acts bold, and we're going to be a church that breaks some barriers. That, that what would it be like to be a church that the baptismal is there every Sunday, not because it's an ornament, not because it's cool to look at, but because people are getting baptized every stinking Sunday. Like, what would that look like? So let's break some barriers. The, third, the fourth thing that I think that God is calling us to is he's calling us to better involvement. I really believe that God is calling us to better involvement. Listen, about 20% of the people are doing 100% of the work here at Warehouse Church. Just, just let that sink in for a minute. 20% of the people are doing about 100% of the work here at Warehouse Church. And, and if we are going to fulfill our mission to see more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus, we need to all serve that we all need to find a place to serve at least one Sunday a month, that we need to be, give our part. We need to serve so that other people can experience Jesus, that we need to be a door holder. That's what we call them, door holders. We need to open the door so that others may experience Jesus, whether that's serving in kids' ministry, student ministry, whether that's serving on, on next steps, whether that's serving in tech or up here, wherever, we all need better involvement. We need to find a place to serve. And then finally, I believe that God is calling us to become invitational. God is calling us to become invitational. I meet people all the time. I share this with our executive team all the time. I meet people all the time, and, and we begin to talk, and they find out. They say, well, what do you do? I say, I'm a pastor. They say, oh, where are you a pastor at? And I say, I'm a pastor at Warehouse Church. And they're like, huh, where's that at? I said, oh, well, you know that Ford dealership on Water Gap Road? oh, that's a church. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing church. Like you should come, you should check it out. You should be a part of that. Listen, there are 90% of the people in our county that aren't going to church and we have the opportunity to invite them to come and join what's happening here at Warehouse Church because I think this is a pretty amazing place where people can experience life transformation right here. So I believe that God is calling us to become more invitational. I believe God's calling you to be more invitational, to invite your friends, to invite your coworkers, to invite perfectly good strangers. Hey, I would love for you to come sit with me. I got this brand new, nice, shiny blue uh, padded seat. And I would love for you to come and sit in the seat next to me and see if God doesn't do something cool in your life. See if God doesn't do something amazing in your life. Just come. Come and sit with me. Come and sit with me. We need to be more invitational. But none of this happens. None of this happens if we don't figure out that it's all about receiving all that God has for us rather than spending our time constantly trying to achieve it on our own. Listen, God's not going to bless what you try and achieve on your own. God's going to be like, that's not the plan I had for you. But if you will receive what God has for you, then you will see that he accomplishes great and mighty things through you. See, here's what I'm learning. I'm learning that the Christian life is all about re-gifting. Like it's all about regifting, and we regift for a lot of different reasons. We regift because some of us are just cheap, and we're like, "I got this gift. I haven't used it. Still has the package. I'm going to give it away. I don't feel like going to buy something else. I'll just do that." 
Some of us re-gift because, well, we just don't, uh, we don't want it, right? Like we're like, I don't, I don't really want this. I don't have a need for it. So I'm just going to save it and I'm going to give it away next Christmas. And some of us re-gift because we already have it, right? Like we're like, I already got two or three of those. So I'll just give that to somebody else. And we re-gift it. And, and, and you can, uh, re-gifting in the Christian life is about this. It's about God giving us forgiveness. And once we receive it, we give it away, right? Like we're like, I've received God's forgiveness, so I'm gonna give forgiveness away. I've received God's love, so I'm gonna give God's love away. I've received salvation, so I'm gonna re-gift it, and I'm gonna give it to somebody else. It's about us receiving. Do you hear me? Receiving before we can achieve. You can either spend the rest of your life trying aimlessly to achieve, or you can flip it on its end and spend more time in 2023 receiving what God has for you every day. And with God's leading, then you can make an impact on the world and you can achieve and accomplish his will for your life. Church, it's all about receiving before achieving. So I'm just asking you, will you open up your hearts and your minds and your souls to the idea of receiving all that God has for you? It starts every day on the edge of your bed. You're sitting on the edge of your bed. You're like, I don't want to get up. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep, didn't get my 7.5 hours. But here I am, God sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm going to open my hands and I'm going to say these words. I'm going to say, God, I'm opening myself up to receive all that you have for me today. I want to receive what you have for me so that I can achieve what you want me to achieve for you, for your glory, not for mine. That Bible, I'm about to open it up, Lord. I'm about to receive what you have for me. I'm going to spend some time in prayer and I'm going to hear from you. And you're going to give me what I need today so that I can achieve what you want me to achieve today. It's all about receiving before achieving. So my prayer for you today is that you would open up your arms you would receive exactly what God wants for you. Maybe today you just need to receive forgiveness. Maybe today you need to receive salvation. Maybe today you just need to receive God's love. Maybe today you need to receive a word, a word from God. Maybe you need to receive the permission to go and invite your friend to church. Whatever it is, would you position yourself in such a way to receive exactly what God wants for you. And then go and accomplish His good and perfect will for your life throughout the rest of the day. It's about receiving first and achieving second. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. God, we thank you that, that Jesus modeled for us 
what it looks like to receive before we achieve. Father, we live in a world that tells us that we gotta constantly be achieving stuff, that we constantly gotta be doing stuff so that we can receive the reward. But that's not the way it is with you, Lord. We've already received the reward. The moment we said yes to you, we received the greatest gift we could ever give, which is a relationship with you and eternity. So Father, would you help us on a daily basis to receive what you want for us through your Holy Spirit into our hearts. May we be intentional about receiving it so that we can go and accomplish your will for our lives that day. God, it's a daily thing. It's a daily, daily event to receive before we achieve. Father, if there's someone in this room today who's never received salvation, pray that today would be that day, that they would know that there's nothing they can do to receive salvation. There's no amount of good works. There's no amount of repentance that all they can do is ask and you give. May they receive your salvation today. And it's simple. It's just saying, God, I'm a mess. I realize that my life isn't the way that you want it to be. It's not the way I want it to be. Lord, I recognize that your salvation is a free gift. That the only thing I really have to do is believe. Believe in you and believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And if I believe that, that you will offer me the gift of salvation the gift of a relationship with you, the gift of life eternity with you, the gift of a life free from hell. But that gift is available by trusting in Jesus. So that's you today. Just invite Jesus into your life. Just ask him to come receive the gift of salvation and know that he wants to accomplish some amazing things in your life. And he wants to do it through you. Father, for the rest of us, maybe this morning we just need to open our arms up as we sing this last song. And, and we just need to say, God, I want to be better at receiving. Like in this new year, Lord, I want to spend time receiving what you have for me by being in your word, by spending time with you in prayer. And not doing all the talking, but doing some listening and hearing what it is that you want for my life. That just like you told Joshua, if you'll stay close to me, I'll help you achieve the things I want you to achieve. But it begins with receiving before you can achieve. So Father, help me to be better at receiving every day. We love you, Lord. God, thanks for loving us in the many ways that you do. Thanks for this new year. Help us to be a church that prays big prayers. Help us to be a church that is bold in our actions. Help us to be a church that is better involved in the church. Help us to be a church that, that is uh, becoming more invitational. God, help us to be a church that you want us to be. Don't, help, uh, don't let us make the plans and then ask you to bless them. Help us to receive what you have for us and then go and fulfill your mission here in Floyd County. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.
As we wrap up today, I'm going to invite you to stand and sing with us. And as we do, uh, these altar area, this area up front is open for you. Our house is your house. You're welcome to come and spend time. Maybe you just want to come and you want to receive forgiveness this morning. Maybe you've been holding on to some, some, some stuff and you want to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you want to receive salvation. Maybe you want to receive more of God's wisdom and love for you. Whatever it is, if you want to come and spend time, uh, join us up here. If you want someone to pray with you, just tap me on my shoulder. I'll be right there in the front row. I'd be honored to pray with you. If you want someone else to pray with you, tap them on their shoulder. Say, hey, would you come pray with me? And just spend time with the Lord. The rest of us, we're going to sing. And we're sing with all of our hearts. And we're going to sing wanting and expecting to receive what God desires for us to receive today. So let's stand together. Let's receive all that God has for us as we sing this song.